Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors annual sales event now on. One-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event. Call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. Great to have you with us this Friday afternoon on Late Lunch LMFM Radio. Let's get to it immediately. We're packed today. My first guest, yes, you met him here on Late Lunch back in March when he told us his fascinating life story. Shane Healy's a former Olympic athlete, now burning up the track at Masters events, but he wasn't quick enough to prevent some unscrupulous people scamming him out of a lot of money recently. Shane, Good to see you again. Good to see you, Jay, and thanks for having me on the lead. Not lunch. under these circumstances, I have to say, because we're going to you're going to tell this story as a warning to our listeners. It involves a car. Tell me first, had you got a car? What were you doing with a car? Well, look, Jerry, I have a, a 2003 little Sierra Rosa, and I'm up and down the motorway, and the exhaust fell off on it there last week, and I said, okay, it's time to come up five or six years, and I said, okay. And my insurance will come down. And I said, OK, I'm going to look for a 2009 car, cheap car. And so I went on Dundeal, as a lot of people would. And I seen this Skoda Octavia TDI um, 1.9 diesel automatic, one owner from new, all the things that you like to hear, um, cheap tax and been serviced, full service history. And I said, OK, I'll call about this car. So I called the person on the Tuesday night and very friendly on the phone, no accents, well spoken and chatted me for 15 minutes and really kind of struck up a, a, a good, you know, talk about the car. And he was asking me what I do for a living. I said, I'm a carer. Oh, my wife, she does something in the line of that work. And and she said the reason that they're selling the car was that she won the 15000 in the credit union raffle in Blanchetown. I thought, geez, that's a great bit of luck, you know. So the car was advertised for 2000 Jerry, right? The car was 2009, it was 10 years old, and we arranged then the next day. And before he told me, he said, how are you getting? I said, well, I'll get the bus. And he... The person told me exactly you can get the 105 bus from Drogheda. And I said, okay, great, into, into Blanchetown. And then he said, look, get a taxi out because I can't pick you up in Blanchetown, a shopping centre, get a taxi out to the place where we're supposed to meet in, in uh, just outside Tyrrellstown or in Tyrrellstown. And what, just where you went to meet, was it a public area? Was it a housing it estate? A, where he was said, it? come to my house. Okay. Come to the house and I'll meet. So when I got there, he said, look, give me a call. And he says, look, I'm not at the house. He said, look, just stand out there in the street and I'll be there in 15 minutes. I said, thinking nothing of it. He said he was a mechanic, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I um, was standing there and I bought cash with me two grand because that's what the price of the car was. And um, stood there for 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden, this person came out, 
between the two houses, kind of a little laneway, about maybe 30 metres. He says, oh, yeah. Shane, you, Shane. I said, yeah, because he told me, he said, why was I wearing a black jacket? She says, yeah, so you walked me around the corner. He said, look, the car's just down the road, down this laneway and this little park place. I didn't know the area. And as I walked down the laneway, he says, oh, I, I got messed around with by time racers and I, I just want to see your money because I want to count down the streets and make sure it's not fake. And I said, well, why do you want to see my money? I haven't seen the car yet. He said, look, there's the car over there with the boot open. And then he kind of got really close to me and very aggressive. I said, well, look, I, I want to see the car before I hand out all the money. Mm. And he said, listen to me now. Hand me over the money. The boot's not is open for a reason. And then I said, oh, shit, this is going down hard. I said, now I'm in trouble. And I was coaxed up against the wall. And I, and then this guy was like about 16, 17 stone, and twice the size of me. And I said, ooh. And then fear just went into me. And... I and I, I say, well, okay, I'm stuck in a bind here, and I knew something really bad. I just got this really bad fear. I just froze, and I just handed him the money, the two grand. And I said, okay, there you go, count on your machine. He said, now what you do now, you keep walking to that car with the boot open, and I'll be back to you in a minute. And I said, Jesus, walk. And he said, go now. He said, like, and I said, Jesus. So this, I said, this is not normal to buy a car, like. And and I walked to the car, and I think with the boot open. And I, said, what? And I was thinking, like, geez, am I going to be bundled into the boot into yes. the car, you know? And got to the car, and looked at. I saw the car, and the car wasn't described what it was on the ad. And as I looked around, and I knew straight away that I'd been had, I'd been robbed, and looked around, no sign. Of the culprits gone. Was uh, this fellow on his own? Yeah, he was on his own. You yeah. saw nobody else. Nobody else. But what happened was, Jay, after I felt knew that I was conned and robbed, I ran out to the road and I called the guards. And as soon as I was on the phone to the guards, this other car drove up and I said, "Are you all right, boss? How did that person know?" And it was a different person, so they were working as a team. So, so you think this other person was yeah. perhaps involved with the, with, with exactly. the other guy? And what happened from there? You, you were you rang the guards. I rang the guards because we were in an awful state and just shook up. And one of the neighbours uh, saw me in the distance. She says, "Are you okay? You seem just startled." I said, "Look, I mean, she's oh no, not another one because this has been this has been ongoing. Like there's been five or six hits in this housing estate, and this has happened to it, unsuspecting buyers." And they said, look, a couple of elderly ladies came from Cavan and from Roscommon to buy cars and the same was done to them. And so I called the guards and they said to be sending a patrol car out. And first 45 minutes, nobody. And I called them again. I called them about four or five times. And they said, look, we're sending a patrol car out. And then the neighbours called as well and no joy. And it was three o'clock. The, the crime had taken place at 11am. And by three o'clock, I said, no, look, I have to go. They're not coming. And I just wasn't in the mood to stick around. So I went home, got the bus home. And fair enough, now the lady that gave me a lift to the bus stop. And I was just, just it, was an, it was an awful experience to experience, Jerry. And I just want to get out to your viewers. Like, if you're going to go look for a car, look, I had no idea whatsoever that there would have been a, 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 a scam on this car you know and also another thing with the car I presumed it was done with, with false plates on it because it was an older model, model Skoda on a 09 plate and it should probably probably 0506 okay so the plate you found out subsequently had been changed was there a key in the car and was the boot just left open there was the boot, nothing the, the boot was left open and then there was a key in the ignition which was very unusual and this car was nothing like 
you had mm. viewed on done deal, talked to this gentleman over the phone yeah. about nothing like it at all. Nothing at all. Nothing like it at all. Basically, it was jalopy. Do you know the that jalopy. description? Look, you know, like two grand. It, it, it was a lot of a lot of money to me because I'm. It's a, a massive it's amount, amount of money. money. You know, working as a carer, it's not great pay, and I got paid that morning, and took a thousand out on the credit card, thinking, okay, I'll, I'll go for it, and. No, um, but these people show no remorse. They have no feelings for anybody. They're just complete and utter thieves. Con men. You, you came back to North Loud. You got your bus back. The, 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 the neighbours were kind. Those people, we have to say, there in Tyrrellstown were very... Tyrrellstown, yeah, was it what you were? Tyrrellstown. They were yeah. just... They were, they're very upset by it because they're just sick and tired of, of why it's happening in their... So you're not the first? Not the first. They said I was probably the seventh or eighth victim. You come home, the guards, what happened with the guardy? Well, I got a call that evening when I was home in North Loud at 8 o'clock, just out of the blue, and said, I, this is the guarded dispatch, and we're sending out a patrol car to you. And I said, from the, what happened? This, I said, well, this happened this morning at 11am, guard. I'm back home in County Loud, and the crime happened in in uh, in uh, in Tillstown. And he goes... Uh, Oh, we're sorry. We look. We're so sorry for this one, the delay, and we're just we're underfunded, and we just had a really hectic day. We, can you come in and make a statement? So I couldn't come in on the Thursday. This happened on a Wednesday. I couldn't come in on because I was doing a twenty-four hour shift as a carer. So I went in then on Friday when I finished work to Blanchestown and gave the statement. Yeah, and we can confirm that you have given that statement because we've been on to guard the press office this morning. They've come back to us and acknowledged what happened, and they yeah. do. They are aware there was a, an unacceptable delay. They have acknowledged that as well. But they tell us that uh, the investigation into what happened to you is ongoing. So it's a live investigation at the yeah. moment. Um, when, when you think, do, do you kick yourself to think was I so so naive? Do you know some? I never thought to be a scam on a card. I was I was going to to look at for ten years old. You think it'd be a scam on a car like maybe five or six years old that involves big money, but for two grand, no, it just never struck me. You know, and it was just it was just an awful experience for somebody to experience. You know, it's it's, it's horrific because you, you see these nightmare stories like somebody getting pinned up, and you're thinking, okay, if I don't give them money, am I going to get slashed here? Am I going to get stabbed? Because there's so many knife crimes now that's mm. happening. So you were in fear with I this guy. I was in fear, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't like. It's just a horrible experience for anybody to uh, go through. Um, what happened? The, just back to the car. What happened? To the car itself. Did it ever work? What became? No, it? it was your property, the, the, obviously. No, no, the car wouldn't start, and I didn't go near it. I just left it there for forensics. So you have done nothing with the car. No, there was no paperwork. There was nothing with the car. A dud, if ever there was a dud. Absolutely. That's what you were left with. So look, the, the message I want to get across to your viewers is if you're going to go look at a car, go with a friend. Go If you're going to buy a car, try and buy a car of somebody you know or go to a reputable garage. Uh, don't bring loads of cash with you like I did. Just bring 100 euros and if the car's for you, you have 100 euros as a deposit and whatever goes on from there. But look, just be really, really, really careful. I just wish that these people were caught and outed you know if you're one of a number now that they're actually pinpointed and that the full full force of the law is brought to bear on them look at you had a grand you, you maxed out you, you, you took a grand yeah, on your card as well yeah, you're yeah. 2,000 down but what about how are you faring out have you still your original I'm just using car? my car with the exhaust blown on it uh, that fell, part of the exhaust fell off my own car I'm just using that now up and down the motorway to go to work yeah and just, just so this was on done deal done deal yeah 
Um, I'm sure. Do you have the number that you contacted? Did he ring you? You ring them. You rang the the, the number on the. Do you have that number? Did you pass do. that on? Yeah, all oh, that I has do have been handled. Oh, that's yeah, all yeah, been okay. taken. Well, we leave stuff. that with the guardy for the moment because but, they. But even yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you know, they, they are they are investigating. But it is a warning. Shane wanted to come on today to just. <laughs> Make sure nobody else falls for this. Look, I, I was just, I was just so mad at myself too. And then, but then again, I say, look, it was just, it was a two grand car. It was ten years old. I just never thought to be a scammer. But as people said, look, they're hitting people with the two or three, four grand because they know to be carrying cash. You see, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be carrying fifteen grand or ten yes. grand. So if they're hitting people with two or three, isn't there a good little earner for them? Yeah, that's a good point to make because the larger sums are obviously drafts or, drafts. or you know, protected in, in some way like that. Yeah. Don't go alone. Don't bring cash with you. Don't be duped. Be one hundred percent sure. Really, try as best you can yes. that you're dealing with genuine, uh, genuine people. It's, it's happening out there every yeah, day. So, right? look, and, and Shane is not the first. So, a lesson in that. If you have anything to say on this, have you been duped yourself? Does it ring a bell, Shane's story, with anybody? If it does, 086-1800-658 is our WhatsApp or text numbers. You can comment there, 185715958 if you'd like to call in or across the LMFM social media platforms. I hope... I, I, I hope that there's resolution to this and I'm sure that you would just love that these people were outed and stopped. Look, do you know something, Jerry? I'll never get my two grand back but I just wanted to get the message out to your viewers that don't make the same mistake as I did. Let's uh, just move on from that while you're here with me because I wanted to, uh, to, to uh, lift the mood of the conversation, if you don't yes. mind, because a lot of great things have been happening in your life and I'm, I'm really sorry that you're down that amount of money. But look, in, in terms of, of the running and the, uh, the athletics, which we talked about last time you were here, I'm just looking at all you've done since March. The outdoor mile in Nashville. Tell me about that. What happened there? Uh, the, the meeting director from Nashville, uh, Dave Milner, called me up and he says, look, Shane, I'm putting on a big international athletics meeting. I'd love you to come out and run and go for the record in the Masters Mile. And he says, we want you to go up against the American Brad Barton. And I said, OK, fine. And he said, look, we'll pay for your flights out. And in fairness, they did. And I got out there two days before the race, which probably wasn't enough time to acclimate to the heat and humidity. Got out there and I ran in the race. The world record was 4.25 for the mile. And we both rent under 4.25 for the mile, which was stood for like some like 20 years, 25 years. Really? Nolan Shahid had it, yes. And it was very hot and humid in the race. And I was pretty jet lagged. But look, no excuse for it. Fair is fair. We both broke the world record, but Brad pulled away from me on the last 30, 40 metres and he put a second and a half, two seconds on me in the mile. And he broke it. He ran 4.19. I ran 4.22 or something for the mile. And I told him just jokingly, I said, listen, Brad, you got me here, but listen, don't get used to that world record because I'm going to come back and try and break it. <laughs> and he started laughing. And he says, you go ahead. But anyway, yeah, I came back home then after running that world, uh, both was breaking the world record. And... Um, just the, the summer season started up then. That's a, and you were in Belfast after that, weren't you, for I, the 1,500 metres? The, the 1,500 metres, yes, Jerry. Uh, the 1,500 is a tougher record mm. than the mile record because David Heath of England has the 1,500 metre record, which is 3.58, which is sub four for the 15, sub four minutes. And 3.58 is a 4.15 mile if you do the conversion over. Yes. Uh, I ran that day in Belfast with all the young fellas. I ran 3.59.17 and I was absolutely chuffed. Break you broke four minutes. the four minutes. Broke the four minutes, yes. 
so which is equivalent to a 416 mile which would have been four seconds faster than i would have ran in nashville tennessee terrific so you're on a roll here we go mm-hmm. uh, america ireland then after that um you went back to new york yeah, fifth avenue yeah the uh I felt my season was coming to an end and I ran the 3K in Cork and I broke the national record in the 3K in Cork. Uh, and they were a great crowd and I ran like something like 849. So I said it was coming into good shape for the 3K. So I said, look, I want to give another mile a lash. So they actually did a little bit of a fundraiser. All the guys on Facebook uh, go fund me and we actually got enough money up to pay for the flights out and place to stay in um, America. And I was absolutely chuffed to go out and run the Fifth Avenue Road Mile. They put me in the sub elite race, which was four minutes for the mile. Like, and I said, oh, this is going to be a barn burner down Fifth Avenue. And I think the world record was 425 on the roads for the mile. And I ended up running... Uh, 4.20 Another world record Another world best yeah (laughs) And then uh, to round off a wonderful wonderful time for you you came back home again and the Griffith Avenue race it it had been defunct for what about 30 years 30 years yeah it was actually famous with a lot of the famous uh, Irish great milers of the mid 80s like the Cocklands and the O'Sullivans and the Flins and they even had Sidney Marie over to run it and he ran a phenomenal time on that course he ran like something like 351 for the mile but yeah they brought it back after 30 years Jay which was fantastic for Irish athletics and it was fantastic for the local community because there was over a thousand people entered in it it was all ages from 10 year olds right through to 60 70 year olds running it and it was just a great buzz yeah and fair play to the people that and you finished second in that one was it on the day overall yeah I finished second a uh, young fella beat me yeah and <laughs> but the good thing about it was I broke my own world record from the week previously on 5th Avenue I ran 4.19 for the mile Mm. at 51 years old Oh you're some machine let me say Mr Healy and you're already looking ahead to next year because you have you have a couple of targets in your mind I do yeah look of course you you just keep going and the sky's the limit I'm going for the world records now for the the 8 the mile and the 3k indoors it's a challenge you know I love the challenges Mm. and then outdoors for next summer I'm hoping to get it down to my 1500 around 353 354 for the 1500 which is a second quicker per lap I have to find in my 1500 metre time so which equates to probably a 410 mile 411 for the mile Absolutely marvellous mm. while you're here I just want to come back to you know our interview earlier on the year that really made a huge impact on so many people and I want to ask you this yeah. You told us the story of your mum walking out from the family uh, with your brother, was it our sister? With my sister, sister Lorraine. And leaving you and uh, others behind with your dad. And you were still yearning earlier in the year and hoping that you might trace her. And you made another appeal here with us. Has anything happened there, Shane? Awesome, Jerry. Not a dicky bird. I haven't heard nothing. Mm. And since that fateful night, since they left, since 1973, I haven't seen them in 47 years now. Yeah. And still, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about them. And I sure hope that my athletics escalate, uh, escapades do bring something forward. And do, I do find them someday before it's too late. You're still hopeful. You, I, that, I'm hope, still hope, that hope will never leave you. I never give up hope. No. Why would you? No. Lots of messages coming to us for you this afternoon. Uh, WhatsApp, some of them from there uh, on late lunch today. So sorry for you, Shane. I hope you reported it to Dundee. Have you done that? Have you let them know? No, no I didn't know. Do that. 
Now, there's okay. a message. Will you do that? Will I you do will. that in the, in the next few days? That's sure. from from a listener. Do report it to Dun Dun Deal. Um, you'd hope that something could be done there as well. Uh, thanks, Shane. Says this listener for letting people know what happened to you. Another yeah. one says, uh, "So sorry that's happened to Shane. He's one of life's real good guys." Karma will get those people in the end, says a listener. <laughs> uh, Listen to this one that's come in by text to us. Uh, Jerry, there's a gang operating the same scam you're talking there with Shane about. Uh, they're based between Navin and Ashbourne. And I was almost duped by them myself recently. Now, there's somebody in yeah. the same boat, but just wasn't, you know, fleeced of the cash there. Yeah. So and it's a the warning. person that did, did me, I was very aggressive. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you now. Like, you know, yes. they would have come to punches on us if I didn't have... You were in yeah, fear. I, I would have been in for hiding. You know, mm. look, mm. I wasn't going to find that out. And, and, and uh, you know, you can imagine when you find yourself in that situation, what do you do? And you know, you have yeah. cash in you and you see the boot of that car open. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah. Well, let's hope that the uh, investigation continues. They are identified and please do take this as a warning from us today on the show don't don't bring cash don't go alone don't go to a remote area be very careful if you're buying a car Shane it's been a pleasure I thank you for dropping in because I know you're up to your neck with everything going on and you're busy and you're a great fella you're I know from the people you look after you're a wonderful carer as well and let's hope that the good comes back to you in spades full from here on in Shane, thanks for joining us on Late Lunch again today. Thanks, Jerry. It's a privilege being on your show. You can never be too careful, Louise. No, you can't. That was just such a sad story, wasn't it, Jerry? Oh, my word. And, and the menace and threat when Shane arrived yeah. from that bloke. A, a sudden change, like how yeah. they, he went from the phone to being such a nice guy and even calling him over and then mm. with absolutely, as Shane said, no remorse, no nothing, just give me the money or, yeah. or else... And, and and what he said that point I just want to reiterate it again it's not the cars that are you have to get the drafts yeah. or you know what I mean or whatever to pay for them it's at the level where there's cash involved yeah you know what I mean know. those and that's a big amount of cash in order to to carry with you and then to lose it in an but instant even the as threat well. of the boot mm. do you know that the boot yeah, is open and otherwise don't yeah, in or else you're going into the boot yeah. like. Lord, like uh, it's a salutary tale, and and that's why, I, like I, I I buy from time to time online, but it's from reputable sources and yeah, that as be well. Very, but very but you need to be careful, you know, when you're in that type of business where stuff is for sale. You know, there's lots of besides cars and Dundee, and not just saying there are other platforms besides Dundee. It could happen anywhere, really. Yeah. Uh, an ad in a paper, you hear an ad on the radio, you know, pick up a magazine or whatever. But be careful, just be very, very careful. That's what we're just reminding. It's not you. as if you could go through paint. No, pay- we ever do. Were you ever duped? Uh, not ever that scammed? I can think of. Touchwood. Not mm. offhand, anyway. Were you? Mm. I was scammed once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. An Italian fella selling coats. He told me he had no money to get to the airport and I gave him a few pounds. And he gave me a coat. So the coat wasn't worth <laughs> What a thing. But he got me. He did this fella. He's an Italian fella. He looked swag. He said, no, I have to get to the airport. I have no money. I felt so sorry for him. And I gave him. I had cash on me. I was gave it him. a lot of money? Or? Ca- ah, I suppose it was 100 or Just a lot like of money that. to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It's a few years ago now. But certainly that guy scammed me and I was caught. And I knew it afterwards. I knew, because what he left me with was, <laughs> you know, compared to what I gave him. I might have given him 150 or something as well. He said he had to get it. But I heard subsequently I wasn't the only one got at that stage. Um, but that's a, a good many years ago, uh, so it was. But I was certainly due. Should the lining from Messi's 
bed. <laughs> Leather lining. It wasn't even worth putting under. <laughs> if I even say that to you. Anyway, Late Lunch LMFM Radio. We have a couple of entrepreneurial women joining us ahead of National Women's Enterprise Day on the show after two o'clock. National Women's Enterprise Day is happening next Thursday, the 17th of October, and it's great to hear that the local enterprise offices in Louthen Meath are joining forces to provide a forum for local women in business to learn, network and grow their businesses. It's happening in the City North Hotel from 9.30 to 2.30, and we're going to talk about it for the next while in the company of Lorraine Murphy, who's a coaching and training consultant, and Evelyn Garland is back, co-founder and 50% stakeholder in Simply Fit Food. You like that description? Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, Luke Judge is the other 50%. I better mention that. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. Thank it's great you. to see you both again. Can I um, throw the ball in by saying uh, more and more women, we know this, are involved in starting up businesses, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But is it a greater challenge for women than men, Lorraine? Yes, and I suppose we have seen a much bigger increase. So let's say from 2012, where we had one in 10, uh, to 2018, where we've one in three of the new businesses registered are female-led, which is fantastic. Mm. And that is thanks to a lot more supports and government initiatives that have been put out there through the Leos, through Enterprise Ireland, through so many different programmes. But yes, there is still a gap. And the challenges that from research show that it would be more around um, females tend to be more risk adverse Um, Okay so you'll go for it No won't (laughs) Won't Sorry (laughs) Jerry (laughs) So adverse to it I'm just trying to get my dictionary in order Uh, risk taker versus adverse Uh, Yes So more men would be inclined to take the risk and go for it So women would be less inclined because they'll put the family first less inclined to take that risk to go out there and for financial reasons and then the fear of failing Mm. And also less, and unfortunately, it is still there and it is an element, lower self-esteem in the belief I can do this. Whereas men will be more inclined to take the risk and go, yeah, I'm going to try this. So there is still that difference there. And is it the the male-female thing as well, that it was, uh, well, a while back, you mentioned the figures there, they are changing, a male-dominated world for... You know, centuries, decades Mm. in more recent times. Is that, you know, historically there? Yes, and it still is there, but we are seeing movements and change. So, yes, we're having more women representing women in politics, more women on air, more women's voices out there, more women and female role models in business is going to lead and show other women, yes, you have a place here, there is a voice, it's out there. So that is changing, but it still would be mostly male dominated mm. still. Come in from your experience, Evelyn, there and tell me, you know, when you came up, you came up with the concept yeah. first, then you had to develop that and bring it to fruition and work along to where you are today. What, what did you find? How did you find it? Did you, you hear what Lorraine says there? Yeah. Do you go along with that? Well, I suppose I suppose Lorraine's talking from more of a point uh, that maybe it's uh, a family where the mother yes. there's a mother and a father yeah, and yeah. children. Yeah, I'm coming from more of a perspective of where I just came straight out of college. Okay, um, and you didn't have as much. I didn't have children, mm. and yes. I didn't have yes. maybe yeah. a mortgage and stuff yeah. like that. So I suppose taking those points into consideration, it's funny what you mentioned about 
male and female in that the male is usually the risk taker and the female is usually not. It, it's actually different in our business because Luke's the financial controller and I'm kind of like, let's just do this. You know, I've got an idea. Let's just bring it out and see what happens. But that's my personality as well. Um, and I can I can understand from the, the point that Lorraine makes about the male dominated um I suppose industry a lot of what we deal with um, whether it's packaging it's it's food it, it doesn't really matter whether it's retailers a lot of it is male dominated but I actually quite enjoy it mm. um, because there's so little females that I think it actually gives us kind of a bit of a platform yeah. um, yes yes but it is changing you've seen it through the, yeah, no, the success you've had and the competitions you've entered and the awards yeah. that you won yeah. the numbers of women that are coming forward now mm-hmm. Definitely, 100%. Even like the IBYE competition with the mm. local enterprise uh, who have been an amazing support for us from day one. Um, the people that we've been up against in competitions, there's more females, whether it's within food, uh, fashion, a number of different things. And it's just a credit to show that, you know, it's not just uh, a male-driven industry. Anybody can do it, even if they have whatever idea they have. Um, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, it's about, you know, how much you're committed to the cause. Yeah. Um, and the fear of failing, I think, um, if you kind of put that aside and I I don't think we ever think about failing Um, if something doesn't work out for us I think you can learn from it and just if you you make that mistake again maybe reevaluate it but fail once and fail quick and keep moving that's Mm. kind of our motto Mm. With this uh, day in mind Lorraine uh, we want to say as well that if you have an idea and you're listening today you're in the mix here. You don't have to have a fledgling business or anything like that no but come back to idea if you have an idea Where should you go with an idea? Who should you look to? So the first place that I'd recommend anyone to go to would be their local enterprise office. Um, They have fantastic supports in place. So be it from sitting down with a business advisor, um, they've mentoring programmes, they have training and then there's financial support as well, depending on different aspects of helping you grow the business. But it is from even pre-business stage. This is for people to come along and to hear other people who once had an idea like Evelyn and then they've turned it into something Mm. that has become very successful. And it's, I think one thing that's great about women is that they'll be very honest Mm. (laughs) um, honest about (laughs) what the realities are of that. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, um, and I was only thinking this morning, it's actually the end of this month, nine years ago was the last time I had a pay packet just drop into my bank account. Um, And my own business is up and running since 2011. And it's, you know, it's not always easy. It's not plain sailing. But I do think when women come together, they will honestly talk mm-hmm. about the challenges they've faced and how to help other people overcome them. But definitely for anyone with an idea, it's go to your local enterprise office and get their support. That's the first point to call. And of course, you've benefited hugely Massively. from yeah. the Leo. Mm, we mm. would have received um, our priming grant. So that would basically was able to get us kind of off the ground. Um, and then after that, we're now applying for our expansion grant because... I think we've gotten to the next stage of our business where we're looking for that type of funding. Um, we've also received everything from website grants to a TAME grant, which is um, if you're looking to export your products, looking at new markets, um, you know, looking at, at new retailers abroad. Um, the TAME grant allows you, it gives you a certain percentage towards your, your flights, your accommodation, marketing material, uh, trade expos, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we've kind of gotten the whole... <laughs> The whole lot off them, and it's been um, it's been brilliant. Who else has uh, Who else has supported you besides Leo? Where Where do all the key aspects of support come from? Um, a lot of what we look at is trying to find a mentor that 
that kind of fits what we're looking for at that moment in time. So currently we're using um, a, a drawdown bass man called Sean McEntee. Everyone knows him, I think. A legend. Um, absolute legend. And he's been an absolute sensation for the business um, in terms of looking at new sales channels, just giving us advice. It's Sometimes it's very hard when you're working for yourself, especially if you're working on your own or as a couple to get outside advice like you were saying to me earlier on or in you know getting someone else's opinion outside the business um, and it really helps benefit the business and drive it on so that's what Sean has been for us and he's been if you were to uh, impart some of the multiple gems of wisdom you've picked up over those (laughs) nine years what would be one or two key things you'd say to people today and women women today well you know don't try and do it on your own is the key it really is. Don't do it alone. And it's so important to have somebody, a coach, you know, somebody who can come into your business, who can be that mentor for you, who is the outside person who can help you move your business forward. It's a very lonely place and you're sitting there looking at everything, not knowing the answers. You can't know all of the answers and you don't need to know all of the answers. So it's so important to bring a right network of people, a strong group of people around you to help you move forward. Mm-hmm. Is there times when you sit there, as Lorraine was saying, and you, you wonder, you scratch your head, you think, this is not happening fast enough. You know, and mm-hmm. I know you, I can see it. You could be an impatient type of young yeah. woman, I'm sure. Why aren't we? Why aren't we there? Why aren't we here? Is that, just to take that as an example, mm-hmm. is that one frustration that can happen? Yeah, my personality is always like, go, go, go. Luke is always telling me to slow down, as is a lot of other people. But it's been something that I've had to manage um, as being in business, that everything doesn't just kind of either fall in your lap or it doesn't happen in a week or a month, maybe even a year. It takes time. And what I have found the most difficult is actually just being patient and letting things, you know, obviously, whether it's leads or follow-ups on sale potentials, that kind of thing, is to just... Do what you're doing and keep going. Um, that's kind of the way I look at it because if you, I suppose if you take a step back, you're doing everything that you can um, and give yourself a little bit more credit. That's what I've started to do a little bit more is just be kinder to yourself because I think you find that that will benefit you more in the long term. You can beat yourself up and that's yeah. an important point to make. Um, disappointments, they're going to happen, aren't they? That's it, It's inevitable, isn't it? It is. And I suppose the way it is, you have to plan for the inevitable that it's going to happen nothing is straightforward but when you're clearer on the end goal and where you want to get to Mm -hmm. you're more you're better prepared and that's where you're having a clear strategy and having someone and it's interesting because in my own job in what I do and going into businesses and working with Mm -hmm. business owners by the nature of an entrepreneur you know there is an immediate an immediacy I want this to happen faster than it can actually happen and sometimes (laughs) that is the piece that's missing is the planning Mm-hmm. But it is really so important in looking at where are we at? What do we need? What do we need to think about before just jumping ahead? Because that's where you could get caught up and mm-hmm. end up down wrong roads and it takes a lot longer. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be bumps in the road. But the better planned from setting off, the easier it is and quicker actually it is going to be to get there. One of the biggest worries has to be Money, yeah, finance. Mm-hmm. You know how you mentioned you haven't got a pay packet in nine years. I'm sure there are times you sit there yourself as well, Evelyn, yeah. and think, "Holy Lord, look at and and you said Luke is the financial mm. guy as well. Yeah. I don't know whether he, <laughs> <laughs> he'd always tell you, you yeah. know what I mean. But you know there has to be. How do you cope with that? You know that the uncertainty, the financial uncertainties. 
I suppose like that's a really difficult question. Um, one of the reasons that I think has kept us going and maybe not allowed us to look for other jobs is because we're really passionate about mm. what we do. Yeah. And I think if we weren't, we would have probably kind of hit the nail on the head in this stage and walked away. It's been three and a half years. So you have to be really passionate. Yes. I, I probably am right in saying that. Yes. Um, and you have to really love what you're doing deep down, even though that some days are really bad. Like, you know, you have to look over that and look at the better days. Um, and we would have majority of good days over bad, yes. like anybody would. Yeah. In terms of finance, um, look like look to your local enterprise office. Look for funding. Whether I can't speak for other areas, but I know for the food industry, there's a huge amount of investors out there in terms of SBCI funding from the from banks, um, from investors who are willing to come on board to give you both mentorship and funding itself. Um, one a bit of information we were given um, in terms of whenever we were looking for funding was that if an investor comes on board, make sure that that investor has both experience in the industry and they, they can bring more to the table than just the funds because money is cheap and um, you know it can be used up very quickly but it's what the investor or the, the person that is coming into the business can bring to the table is more valuable than the cash itself um, so that's kind of something that we've really honed in on the last couple of years What, what are financial institutions in general like Evelyn mentioned the banks there mm. and, and, and that type of support what are they like with um, when they see something that they like or they see potential in yeah. people And that comes back to the planning part because if you're going to put yourself in front of a financial um, person, be it a bank, be it the SBCI, whoever it is, or, you know, somebody who's giving funding, you really have to know your stuff Mm -hmm. for them to believe in you. It can't just be an idea. Oh, this is what I think I'm going to. Really, it's having a very clear plan in place so that they can hear that you have thought through everything. You've done your research. You're passionate. Passion is the biggest thing because... You know, people are running their own business. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it for the passion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's it's not the financial gain on it, but it is so important that you are you know exactly where you're going and you have done your homework. Lorraine, will you just remind listeners, I don't want to forget this, it, it's happening next Thursday, the 17th of October, City North Hotel, 9.30 to 2.30. The uh, Loudoun Mead Enterprise Office is coming together yes. here. How do people book a place? So localenterprise.ie... Yes. And Louds Mead. Yes. So basically what is actually happening on the day, it's a national event. So yeah. there's 17 different events happening around the country. Oh, yeah. This is Louth and Mead's um, event that's happening up in the City North Hotel. So local enter- localenterprise.ie, Louth or Mead. Forward slash Louth or forward slash Mead and, and you can book your place the there. And link. there's a lunch thrown in and so they're giving it away. It's only a nominal fee for the day to go, to go along there. Just to come back to yourself, just remind me again, you're working with managers and people mm. within business on strategy planning, is And it? leadership yeah. and development. So basically I'm coming into businesses working with the um, as a training consultant and an executive coach, so working with them in relation to developing strong leaders in the company and developing the teams working together to, to push the whole organisation forward. So many organisations don't have that. Yeah. I'm sure you encounter Absolutely. this every day of the week. <laughs> we all uh, crave the, the leader that, mm. and we bloody crave them in politics, in yes. the world, at yes. the, never mind in There's business. There's a few I'd love to get yeah. in oh, there. Lorraine. There's a few I'd love you to get hold of as well, to be honest. But you know what I mean? Like that somebody, you know, when, mm. when you are leading a business and yeah. developing people, it's something that at times is 
overlooked, isn't it? It is. And in every industry, so say, for example, starting up your own business, you have your skill set. That's what you're really good at. But then when as the business grows and it's about managing people, that's a completely different skill set. And what I would find is then people can tend to go to two different extremes. One, become micromanagers and take control of everything everyone is doing or run away into the background and hide and nobody knows where the actual business owner or manager is and what they're supposed to be doing. So it leaves people very lost in an organisation. So it's very important that the the company managers and the owners and leaders can lead the team. So from being anonymous and where are they to on top of us every day of the week and every minute of the day, there's a middle ground there. There's a middle ground. And it is. And when you're the leader, when you're the manager, that's your seat. It's not jumping back in to do the things that you used to do. What got you to get your business so far is not going to get you to the next level. And when you become into management, you really need a different skill set and a different vision on the company. And like that, being able to step back and see there's a lot more things we need to take into account. There's other areas that you may not have thought about previously that have to be taken into account for everything to make sure this is the right decision and the right move forward. Does that apply to every company? You know, you've worked mm-hmm. with international companies. Yeah. Uh, you've worked in the public and yeah. private sector. You're with SMEs doing a lot as well. Yeah. Do you know, like you have Evelyn and Luke as a two-person mm. operation at the minute. Is this is this important for them? Absolutely. And the fact as well that they're a couple. <laughs> <laughs> that also brings in because, you know, and I'd worked a lot in family business and, I, and it's something that's really important is if you're at home in the kitchen and you have other staff and you're chatting about something, that is technically a meeting. Meeting, but mm. nobody else is involved. I can relate. <laughs> so, you know, so it's really important yes. that, yes, roles are defined very clear who's doing what, yeah. whose skill sets are strong and being able to recognise what you're not good at mm. that, and allowing other people and finding the right people to come in and do those yeah, bits of the company. Uh, absolutely brilliant advice. Simply Fit Food, strength to strength. Where did I see you were going next? You have a, a, a up north in in, in Spa, is yeah, it? Yeah, we no, we launched with um, Musgrave in Northern Ireland okay. uh, into Super Valley and Centres up ah, north. Up the, so, yeah, I yeah. knew there was something happening yeah. up there. So that's just happened now as well. Yeah, um, we recently launched into the north and we are hoping to launch into the UK from early 2020 with new products. So oh, it's very exciting. It? <laughs> it's brilliant. Exciting times, and I think it? it's it's amazing. Like I get to see so many people and they've started and see them grow. Yeah, it's and the it's, most exciting part. It's really, so it? amazing to see so many small yeah. businesses in Ireland really flourishing mm. and growing into great success stories. It's brilliant. Yeah, and you are someone who came here early doors and, you know, we've seen your development as well and the way you've had to change. I've said this before. You had a concept. No, you moved another co- and then finally you you're, are where you Yeah should have been from the word go now 100% we we started off manufacturing um, all of our food products ourselves in um, an industrial kitchen and um, I suppose we just got to a stage where scalability that kind of thing it wasn't going to be the path that we wanted to bring the business down because it knew it was, we knew it wasn't profitable um, and we knew we couldn't scale the business to the next level so we found an amazing outsourcing partner um, who currently produce everything for us, which allows us to basically sell and market our business um, and bring it to that next level, to the global level. So that's why we're moving into new markets. Oh, it's a terrific story. It really is. Well, look, it's been a breath of fresh air to have you both join me on Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you, Thank and reminding you. everybody again, it's next Thursday, City North Hotel from 9.30 to 2.30. And if you wish, wish to register, localenterprise.ie forward slash loud 
or mead will get you there. Well, well worth checking out if you have a business idea, you're starting up, or even if you're a long time established in business. Mm-hmm. We all learn and can learn every day of the week. For the moment, uh, I want to say a big thank you to Lorraine Murphy, who's a coaching and training consultant, and to Evelyn Garland, co-founder of Simply Fit Food. Thank, thank you, you both thank for you, joining Jerry. on the thank show you. this afternoon. Cheers. I have to say it takes a lot of backbone for a young man to put on a classic stage play in his hometown at a 500-seater theatre for the first time. Andrew Bennett's burn stages Blood Wedding at the Barbican in Drogheda tomorrow and he's here to explain the rationale behind this. You are so welcome to the show, young man. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'll tell you this. I admire you. I tip my cap to you. I say fair juice to you. Let's tell our audience today, why are you doing this? My main goal is to create art. And I'd love to start doing that in my hometown. So I grew up doing drama, doing theatre from the age of five in the little Duke in town. Joined Drehid Art Centre, or Drehid Youth Theatre in the Art Centre. Like, do, did all these things, went on to study it as well. And now that I'm finished my studies, well... I'm back and studying again. We're going to come to that in a minute. But you have yeah. been studying. This I've is where studying. you're going with your career exactly, and your yeah. life. And you just wanted to what? Come back and... I just wanted to create art. And I wanted to start in my hometown. Bring more of it here. Create opportunities for young actors. The Barbican is marvellous. Yeah. 500 big. seats. <laughs> I take it your family and all your connections, of which you have so many, yeah. will all be there tomorrow. I hope so. They yeah, better be. They better be. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be there's going to be a play written about this in, in yeah. the future. This play you're putting on, Blood Wedding. I was reading up on this mm. the last few days. It's, it dates back to the 1930s. Yeah, it's by Federico Garcia Lorca. He's a big, big um, artist in general, not just a playwright. He was a poet. He was um, a theatre director in Spain. He's brilliant. He was from the Granada region, and yeah. It's regarded as a classic. Yeah, it is. It really is. I want to tell people this. And it is the classic, of course. If you want to give a little resume of it, there's there's a young woman to be married. Yeah. So a couple of years back, she'd been been engaged to be married to a boy called Leonardo. They were Mm. completely in love. They were only 15 and 16. But her family was poor. She was an only child. Her mother had passed away and his family was also poor. He couldn't provide anything for her. So she had to leave, not for herself, but for her family. Seven years later, she's engaged to be married to this guy called Bridegroom. And on the morning of her wedding, Leonardo shows up again. Ah, uh, he So appears. there you go. <laughs> Anybody in the audience have any objection as to why this man <laughs> and woman should be joined in matrimony? And there is Leonardo. So you get the drift, folks. Yeah. You know what's going to happen I won't give anything here. else away. No, and of course, there's joy and sadness and tragedy all wrapped in there mm. as well. You mentioned, you see, something there that we should say as well. The characters don't have names in this play. No, the only character he's named is Leonardo. And I'd like the audience to come to their own conclusion of that. I don't want to give my meaning of the art. But yeah, it's mother, it's father, it's bride, it's bridegroom. There's you'll see, you'll get There it. is a you'll reason, see. there's a logic behind this. Mm-hmm. This has been staged all over the world. I, it, it's not an easy one to put on. You could have gone softly, yeah. softly, a little well, easier, couldn't you? Uh, this is my favourite play. This and another play called Tender Napalm by Philip Ridley are my two favourite plays. So it was between these two. Tender Napalm is a two-hander and there's a lot there. And Blood Wedding is a cast of 18. So ah. complete opposites. 
So where do I start? <laughs> Cast of 18. <laughs> Why not go big? Fill the theatre. <laughs> Fill the, the theatre. You're exactly. clever as well. You see that? There's a logic behind it. There's a method in his madness as well. Look, come back to where you, this all began for you. Mm. You mentioned Little Duke. A classic venue in Drada. No, actually... It, it has to vacate, hasn't it? Where it's yeah. always been. This is sad. Unfortunately, they have to, they're facing an unavoidable move at the moment. They're moving across the road to McAllister's, okay. where McAllister's used to be, mm. second-hand furniture shop. But um, it's costing them a lot of money for this move. Of course, they, they have so many students, so many classes, and to be able to provide that in a new space costs a lot. Okay, and you want to help in a way. You're supporting them tomorrow. And also, homeless aid. Yeah, as well uh, homelessness is an issue one that just from a young age I remember being up in Dublin with my mum one day uh, I don't know what if we was at a show or just shopping but we were waiting on the bus to come home and I saw this man sleeping in the streets and it was dark it was cold it was winter and I just started crying and I felt so bad for him so I knew then whatever my work is I, I knew I wanted to be an actor even back then but whatever my work led me in the future I wanted to help and that has always stayed with you. Yeah. And you're putting that into practice, into action tomorrow night by staging this play yeah. in the Barbican. Now, you say you always wanted to be an actor. Tell yeah. me honestly. I, I Put out your tongue, as I say to my granddaughter. Show your tongue there. Are you telling me the absolute truth there? Well, maybe not when I first started. I started in The Little Duke when I was five. And um, our, I didn't really like being there. My friend was there. My mum made me go. And um, it was fine. I felt out of place. I felt too embarrassed. We play musical statues and I wouldn't know what to do. I was just generally a very shy kid. I was really outgoing with people, but there was something about big situations that was different. And then the first play came along. We were doing Jack Frost. I learned all the lines. I was certain I was going to be Jack Frost. I was perfect for the part. And then I got elf number three. <laughs> <laughs> and I... <laughs> Folks, if you know what that means in terms of theatre, it's a real put-down. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So... I went from all the lines to three lines and I remember getting the costume and it was this red and green thing and I started crying when I saw it. I cried a lot as a kid but I started crying when I saw it and this little six-year-old girl Sophie came up to me and I don't know her last name I haven't seen her in so many years but she came up to me and she tapped me on the shoulder and she was like it's okay we've all been there <laughs> like a six-year-old girl doing like I thought it was brilliant looking you back see, on it even back then at five years of age they were preparing you for what lies ahead yeah. and you know that's a reality for a lot of mm. actors and actresses you know that don't have to tell you that, that at this stage but anyway that was only yeah. a minor blip wasn't it yeah and as it went on I found my love for it and now I can't imagine myself mm. doing anything else I have to thank the little duke for giving me that start giving me my life Drehid you Theatre followed and then you went on to study at Bull Alley and the Gaiety School of Acting yeah. and currently you're contracted to Bow Street <laughs> and yeah. a little birdie tells me there's somebody very special there that you're working under at the moment. Who is that? Yeah, well, the acting, the act, our acting coach there is Jerry Granell, who is the acting coach for a lot of the big names. Such as? I don't know if you've ever heard of Johnny Depp. Or oh, I, 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 <laughs> Heath Ledger. Johnny who? Johnny, oh, I, I think we did. There's another famous name on my list of mm. notes here. He, his second name is Ledger. First, yeah. Heath. Heath yeah. Ledger, he worked, yes. Worked with him on a lot of movies back mm. in the day. Yeah, back from way, way back and then onwards through his career with a lot of the people. He's brilliant. And I've only been with him for three weeks. And, and what's that like to be in his company? Unbelievable. It's... All these stars, like, 
that he's so like sought after and then to just have him there teaching us getting all his nuggets of wisdom mm. the training is so exceptional there so where do you see yourself going now you're a very young man and you're putting on this production where do you see this acting career taking you when you finish in Bow Street where would you like to go what would you want to do anywhere as long as I can create my art I used to joke well I was serious I'm still half joking that I would have an Oscar by 23 you heard it on late yeah. lunch this so afternoon. There you go. What age are you now? 20. Three years. Three years. But whatever, I don't mind. That's like the, you know, a joke that I used to say with friends. Yes. My main goal is just to create art, whether as an actor, a director, a producer, whatever way I can, to get my story out there, to get other stories out there, to share stories, to storytell. Mm. You know, when you mention those different roles... I come back to it again. What mm-hmm. would you love to do? Is it out there on the stage performing? Do you want to direct? Do you want to produce? What do you do? Is it theatre? Is it movies? Is it TV? I want, I want it all. <laughs> I want everything. <laughs> <laughs> they, they provide different things. Acting, being the actor, means I can tell a specific one person's story. And I think that's beautiful. And I get to experience and live it. But then when I'm directing... I get to tell a whole overall story and bring it together in a vision that works for me. So it's just different. Both provide different... um, Well, you have to choose. I know what you're saying. There's total different aspects to them. Do great actors make great directors? Not necessarily. I think personally, most directors and actors should swap roles at least once. I think to understand because you know you work so closely together a a lot of directors don't understand actors and a lot of actors don't understand directors and once you put yourself in the other role you start to understand it a lot more it gets rid of a lot of conflict interesting so there's a call from you today as a new voice on the stage you'd like to see that happen Mm. if I were to give you the choice today if you were to pick one from on what would it be acting okay fair enough that's it Follow that dream. 23. Lots <laughs> of time to be had there. But you'll, you'll complete the Bow Street, the, the course there. Yeah. That's to be done before you... Before you I then. move on. And then do you, do you apply for parts or what happens from there? How does it work practically? Well, you can apply for different agencies. I see. You can... I mean, there's lots of, like, dud agents out there. And there's lots of great agents. And it's getting credits behind you, getting little bits of work, getting something to show. Or being lucky enough to come across an audition, mm. just to happen across one. So that's the way it will be. If you can get represented by somebody substantial mm-hmm. and you have a body of work, then they pitch you for these different roles. Exactly, yeah. And then it's all down to you. Mm. Have you been to the West End? Have you been to Broadway yet? Even <laughs> haven't been to Broadway, can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> haven't made it yet. Have you been over to London to, to see yeah, anything over there? Yeah, I've seen some shows yeah. over in London, yeah. Yeah, yeah because there's a massive scene over there, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely massive as well. Broadway is there for you. That's on the horizon. Yeah, don't, one don't, day. don't worry about that. Yeah. It's the barbican tomorrow night. Yeah, in that's Broadway what matters. Is where <laughs> it all matters at this point in time. Now, you're directing tomorrow night. Are yeah. you? Yes, you are the director of this yeah. tomorrow night. And who's in that lead role? Which one? The, the bride. Yes. It's a girl called Colleen McShane. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did she pitch to you for this role or do you know her or how did that work? Oh, well, I held auditions for it. Ah, Open auditions. So good man yourself. So yeah. you've been through this whole process. Yeah. And it started about six months ago and now it's finally all coming together tomorrow night. 
And had you many people, like, uh, applying for the roles? Did you have to talk to many people, interview yeah, them? Yeah, well, it started off, there was a small enough group on the first day, and we yeah. cast them and moved on, trying to find more. And then people came and went for the first few months. It was trying to, like, nail down a cast was difficult because mm. everyone had college or this or that or had clashes. And uh, I'm acting in it as well now because we had a last-minute dropout. Not very last minute but mm. last minute enough that we didn't want to bring someone okay. new in okay and sure you know it and you're so yeah. familiar with it and you could pop in there as I well I can rely on myself to be at every uh, <laughs> rehearsal so there we go it's, <laughs> it's very handy let yeah. me say so tomorrow night is the big night it's happening at the Barbican what time does it begin at? Half seven. So 7.30 tomorrow night in the Barbican and you mm-hmm. can go along on the night and pay at the door. That's at this late stage. Yeah. Come to the Barbican and you'll grab your tickets there. How much is it in, by the way? 20 euro in. Ah, listen, for a night's entertainment yeah. with a classic play with an upcoming director and star of stage and screen, you couldn't get anything for that anywhere else in Ireland or maybe in many <laughs> other parts of the world tomorrow evening. So it's called Blood Wedding yeah. and it is a classic and it's in three acts, yes? Yeah. Yes, three acts. Are you excited? Can't wait. I have the programme here. Look, you brought in the lovely programme yeah. as well. God, look at, they're all in here. The faces yeah, smiling the actors, out of me as well. The headshots, they were taken by Karen Smith from all sorts of photography. She was great to do it for It's all lovely. Yeah. Look at this. My God, this is really professional. We're talking about top <laughs> class stuff happening here. And it is a big cast. Look at all yeah. the, the different faces. Hey, I'm in it. <laughs> You're in it. I'm in it. Look, <laughs> how did that happen? Oh, holy moly. Thank you so much for including us in the programme. I really do appreciate that. I don't think I've ever been included in a theatre <laughs> programme before. I'm minding go. this and keeping it safe for sure. So look, tomorrow night is special to you, uh, Andrew, and it's special to the Little Duke Theatre mm-hmm. and homelessness as well. And I'm sure to your family and friends, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Come on, get out and support this young fella and see this wonderful play and look at the talent that we have in our midst in Drogheda tomorrow evening. I wish you well. Thank you. I really do. Good luck with it tomorrow night and good luck with your career beyond this as well. And listen, I'm telling you this today, I'll go after you. When <laughs> you get that Oscar... Well, yeah, I was about to say, I'll see you when you I get my get Oscar. Oscar <laughs> you bring it back here and put it on that table with me. Is that agreed? <laughs> I agree. I promise. It's agreed here today. It's a contract and it's in <laughs> stone now. Blood Wedding, Barbican, tomorrow night, half seven in Drogheda. Wish you well. Pleasure to meet you on the show. Andrew Bennett's Thanks so much, Jerry. Now, this time Friday on Late Lunch means one thing. You look ahead to the sporting action of the weekend. And today it's on the international stage far away for our soccer and rugby players. And joining me to have a chat about it is Leon Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports. Afternoon, Leon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call. Let's start with rugby and all the controversy around a typhoon in Japan. Ireland's game is on, Leon. Look, it's on, and Jerry. Look, even though there is a lot of controversy in Japan in relation to games being postponed and cancelled, Ireland just need to focus in on their own job. Um, we've got to beat Samoa, and they will pose a physical test to this Irish pack, especially. Um, Samoa are very, very strong up front. Look, Ireland, they're not a backing proposition. They're 28 points favourites in the handicap betting, which means if you think Ireland can win by 29, then you'll be getting Ireland minus 28. If you think they won't win, you'll be taking our Samoa plus 28. I actually feel Samoa will come under the handicap line. I don't think Ireland, at the minute, the way we're playing, I don't see us beating Samoa by 29 points or more. I see us winning the match and then fingers crossed, Jerry, we'll hopefully win tomorrow. We kick off at a quarter to 12. Hopefully, 
Scotland against Japan will go ahead on Sunday because as we all know by now and if anyone doesn't if that game is postponed Ireland will have the task of trying to beat the All Blacks in the quarterfinals of the World Cup and unfortunately the way we're playing at the minute I don't think we're at the level when we beat them in the United States we beat them at the Aviva Stadium at the minute you look at Ireland they've been a little bit disappointing after starting the tournament so well with that 27 points of three victory against Scotland so look let's beat Samoa and let's keep our fingers crossed that Scotland might just do us a favour and beat Japan if that game goes ahead. Absolutely. Hopefully the weather gods will shine on us now. Huge weekend for our rugby team. Massive few days for the soccer side. Next Tuesday, we go to Switzerland. But before that, tomorrow afternoon, we're in Georgia. And it's, there's no need to say, Leon, this is probably the key game. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, look, we beat Georgia at home. It was Nick McCarthy's second game in charge. We came back from beating Gibraltar under horrible conditions. And against Georgia at the Aviva, everybody said Ireland were playing a little bit of football, which to be fair, they did. But this is tricky. Hopefully, I just caught the end of your sports bulletin. If Shane Duffy is fit, he will partner John Egan, who of course plays for Sheffield United in the Premier League. And that will be a very solid uh, defensive partnership. However, Stevens is suspended, also playing for Sheffield United. And I think Matt Doherty, will come in at left back. So I don't really feel that our back four has been uh, lessened in terms of Egan and Doherty coming in. The one little bit of a worry you obviously do have is that the left side of your defence has totally changed from that draw at home to Switzerland. However, Egan is having a great start to the season with Sheffield United and I think Doherty has been playing exceptionally well for Wolves over the past season and into the first eight games of this Premier League season. I think we can do it. It's going to be tough. I don't think Ireland are going to score an awful lot of goals. They never really do that. Georgia are difficult at home. The one thing we do have in our favour, however, is that the weather is not predicted to be as warm as it has been in Georgia. It's a 5 o'clock kick-off Georgian time, 2 p.m. kick-off Irish time, and I think the boys in green can get that all-important victory. Would you be backing them at short odds? Probably not. I think it's a game where, as an Irishman, you'll just be cheering them on. And hopefully, they get the three points. And I think from our perspective in the group, you'd be hoping that Switzerland actually defeats Denmark in that game in our group. Because going into Tuesday night's game, both teams might just be happy to settle for a point. If Switzerland can beat the Danes, they're in pole position. And if they draw with us at home, they've qualified. So a lot can happen in 90 minutes of football in the two respective fixtures. But I think Ireland might just win this. It's either going to be 1-0 or at best 2-1. We don't score a lot of goals. We don't concede a lot of goals, which is a bonus. So I'm going to stick probably with the 1-0 to the boys in green. Leon, we leave it there today. Thank you so much for joining me. Talk to you next Friday. All the best, Jerry. Thanks a million. Leon Blanche there, communications manager with Boyle Sports. And I say, here, here, come on, all the boys in green this weekend. I think it's apt to end the week on late lunch, uh, the Mental Health uh, Awareness Week, uh, by talking about an initiative at a Mead preschool who are teaching children for, from as young as three that it's okay not to be okay. Eilish Balf is manager of Happy Days Community Preschool in Rathote and she's on the line. Eilish, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. I suppose listeners are saying, oh, come on, Jerry, why would you be introducing mental health to children so young? Um, well, we feel 
until early childhood is a critical period when a child's emotional development um, is 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 crucial. You know, we just want to give them the, the tools to be able to deal with the different emotions that they have, and they do have these different emotions. Um, so that's why we feel that we should be teaching them from a very very early age. Okay, and look at and uh, you make the point well. So, how does it work with a child practically? What do you do? Um, so we um, we have a how are you feeling board and they all have their picture on it and the feelings that we have on it are happy, sad, loved, jealous, lonely and angry. And then we have a huge kindness tree because we focus very much on kindness as well. Um, so in the morning um, after roll call and when they're playing away, They'll come up one at a time and they'll tell me how they're feeling this morning. Um, and they put their emotions in um, the different face that, that recognises the emotion. But I'll tell them that if they're sad this morning, that's OK, because it is a movable um, face. And if they become uh, happy or loved or angry during the day, they can move it and we can have a chat about it. So, And because they're, it's their face as well, they're recognising that this is me and this is how I feel and this is movable. I really like it because it's a moving feast with them. They, yeah. they, they are in one state of mind or mood, but that changes and fluctuates through the day. And then you discuss exactly. that that's fine and, and it does happen. What about the kindness? Tell me more about this kindness tree. Um, we we have a huge kindness tree. So in the centre of our room, um, we have a tree that's painted and it's the kindness tree. So um, when we see a random act of kindness, we'll put one of the, um, one of the child's face in the tree. So let's say a child does come in upset because we've just had September. They're leaving their mammies. They're coming in for the first time. Um, and if another child gives them a tissue to wipe away the tear or blow their nose, they put their face in the kindness chart. Or if they're carrying something and they drop it and one of the children helps them pick it up, that's an act of kindness. So they put their face in the kindness tree. So that's how it, how it's done. <laughs> I think it's... I really do. I think it's lovely. It, it's yeah. a, a tremendous way because you, you're doing it at, the, at their level, at, the, at their age and the, the yeah. developmental stage their minds are at. Yeah, like if they can name their emotions and recognise how they feel, um, that kind of brings a calmness to them. So if they're feeling angry and they can recognise that, like we say, it's okay to be angry. Um, and once... Like, it takes 90 seconds for anger to actually leave your body. Um, so we're having a chat with the child. It Within that time, we find that after that time, they're fine, you know, and they can go back to do whatever they're doing. Um, like we have to acknowledge and validate that even a small person has feelings too. Um, and it might not be as big as us. They could be sad over they didn't get the pink cup, you know. Um, but we have to validate that feeling that they do feel sad over this. Well, I just wanted to have those few words with you at the end of Mental Health Week and say that you are truly a shining example uh, down there in Happy Days Community Preschool in Ritholt. It's wonderful and I congratulate you on it. And I know the children love it and the parents and guardians of children are very happy uh, with it as well. Well done to you. Yeah. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Not at all. Thank you for taking our call on the show this afternoon, Eilish. No bother. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Eilish Spouse there, manager of Happy Days Community Preschool 
in Rithoad. Finishing off Mental Health Week and our coverage of it here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And that's a lot on the show for this week as well. I want to say my thank yous as usual to my producer Louise Walsh. Couldn't do it without the woman. That's simply a fact. To all you who join us every day to tune in and listen in wherever that may be. Thank you indeed from our hearts. To all our contributors to the show this week. Thanks a million to them as well. They make it for sure. Anyway have a lovely weekend and let's get behind the rugby and soccer boys and have a great weekend of sport for the nation. We'll see you back here Monday half one please God and leave you in the company of this wonderful woman Belinda Carlisle. By God we're going back here. Yes it's circles in the sand. See you Monday. annual sales event now on one-off price reductions and special APR finance available during this event call in today and save thousands at Blackstone Motors Drada and Dundalk here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.